Well, there were three of us in this marriage, so it was a bit crowded. I did a lot of work, what I call underground, without any media attention, so I never really stopped doing it. I just didn't do every day out and about. I just couldn't do it. The campaign was, in that point, was being successful. But it did surprise the, the people who were causing the grief. It did surprise them when I took myself out of the game. They hadn't expected that. And I'm a great believer that you should always confuse the enemy. Who was the enemy? <clears throat> well, the enemy was my husband's department because I always got more publicity. Uh, my work was, m was discussed much more than him. And, you know, from that point of view, I understand it. But I was doing good things, and I wanted to do good things. I was never going to hurt anyone. I was never going to let anyone down. All right, welcome to Conspiracy Corner with Kara. And Lacey. Oh, wait, hold on, <laughs> wrong names. <laughs> Say the other names. That's fine, we should do that more. <laughs> yeah, welcome we back, everybody. <laughs> um, what was that video, Kara? Um, so that was princess diana and she was talking about um the unfaithfulness in her marriage pretty much which we're going to talk more about right we are going to talk more about that today all right well i'll just jump right in um not everybody knows exactly who Pr princess diana of wales was so i'm just going to explain a little bit about her um she was born Diana Frances Spencer on July 1st, 1961, in Sandringham, Norfolk, England. Sand Sandringham. S yeah. <laughs> that sounds she about was, right. <laughs> Good. She was born at Park House, a home her parents rented on Queen Elizabeth II's estate at Sandringham. Her childhood playmates were Prince Andrew and Prince Edward. She became Lady Diana Spencer when her father succeeded uh, to the... Heirloom? I think Heirdom? it's Earldom. Earldom? Earldom? Um, which is becoming a British nobleman in 75. 1975, yes. Yeah. Um, so she went on to do some really, really great things. After... Did you want to read that? No. Okay. After finishing school, um, she, she finished school in Switzerland, and then she came back to England, and she became a kindergarten assistant at the Young England School in Pimlico, she renewed her contacts with the royal family and got especially close to Charles around 1980. And this is kind of where their relationship takes place and starts, really starts to skyrocket. So on February 24th, which that date is not far from here, um, they announced their engagement on July, and that was in 1981, sorry. So they got really close around 1980, and then in 1981, they announced their engagement. Um, by July 29th of 1981, so this is just a few months after they announced their engagement. Oh my god, I didn't even realize they that got when married. I read it. Yeah, so yeah, February 24th to July 29th, so that's like, what, five months, maybe? Something like that, yeah, so... Um, that's insane. It's not a long amount of time. Um, they had a globally televised ceremony at St. Paul's Cathedral, watched by an audience that numbered hundreds of millions. Now, this is one of the, like, biggest... Um, TV, like, definitely the aired weddings, but it was, like, one of the biggest TV programs at the time, um, right. as far as viewers go, so, um, it was a, it was a really big deal, and it should have been, you know, he was a prince, and they got married, and it was, like, it was a huge spectacle, essentially, um, did you watch the last 
British wedding? Uh, sort of. The yeah, yes Meghan and no. Meghan Markle and Harry, Prince Harry. Yeah. Um, it was more like I caught the aftermath of it. Like, I read about yeah. it online and stuff. I didn't really watch it. I didn't really have the time. Well, so. it was also at 4 a.m. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> our <that> time. <laughs> um, so. I have something called sleep. Yeah, <laughs> same. Um... Yeah, so, I mean, since then, obviously, the royal weddings have been a big deal. I don't know if Queen Elizabeth's wedding was aired like that. I'm not sure. I'm not either. Um, How old is she? <laughs> I'm pretty sure TV wasn't a big thing. It's a very, very interesting <laughs> question. Um, yeah, so, I mean, so, keep in mind, yeah, this is also the 80s, so, um, we're in just when prime TV's time of television. Yeah, yeah so... Hundreds of millions of years, and that's worldwide. So um, we watched it here in the States. People watched it all over the world. Um, after that, so a year later, yeah, so June 21st, 1982, Prince William, Prince William Arthur Philip Lewis of Wales, wow, was born. Um, so a year later, yeah. September 15th, 1984, so two years after Prince William, Prince Henry Charles Albert David um, was born, and that's Prince Harry, of course. So Prince Charles and Princess Diana shortly, separa- shortly after separated. So in 1992, they separated. Um, both were accused of being unfaithful, and it, they um, divorced on unrec- unreconcilable differences. But um, they... So they separated in 1992. Their divorce did not finalize until August 28th of 1996. So that was a really, really long separation, Um, which might lead into some of our conspiracy topics because, I mean, that's a long time where they're separated. So she's still the princess. Right. And she always kind of kept her princess um, title. Yeah, yeah, her status. she never really let that go and I think everybody just kind of loved her and so it was hard for them to let that go yeah um so they were both accused of being unfaithful Diana would later claim that she was unfaithful only as backlash for Charles being unfaithful um and then she actually received a substantial settlement from the divorce which I didn't realize I didn't know she had gotten um, like a large was it monetary sum, probably. <laughs> they probably would have liked her to remain quiet. Probably. Um, but she didn't. She maintained her role in the spotlight, and she continued working with charities and supporting causes, including the arts, many different children's causes, um, and of course, AIDS causes. She also worked to ban landmines, which comes back to one of the theories about her death later. Which I don't really find believable. No, yeah, but. that one's kind of silly, but. It is what it is. Um, She brought her sons along to hospitals, homeless shelters, and orphanages to help them understand people's emotions, insecurities, distress, and hopes and dreams. She wanted to be acquainted with life outside of royalty. She wanted them to be acquainted with life outside of royalty. Um, And she also, they also ate at fast food restaurants, so she took them to McDonald's. There's actually, I'm pretty sure there's like a picture on the internet of her with the boys in a local McDonald's. Um, Not like local to us, but in like local to where they were living where the palace is and uh they even rode on public transportation so she really was trying to she worked really hard to like humble her kids she didn't want them to grow up with this only this idea of being a royal she wanted that she wanted her sons to really know 
humanity and really get to know people and know who they are instead of just, I'm a royal and you're not. Um, I think she did a fairly good job. Yeah, I would say they're pretty likable. I mean, I don't know a lot that goes on I don't behind the scenes, but I i mean, I think they're pretty likable people. They, they I think the people educated. like them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I know that um, <coughs> Meghan Markle especially does a lot of like charity work and things of that nature, and um, Prince Harry as well. So now that Prince William doesn't, he just isn't, they don't talk about it as much. So um, it was definitely, she definitely did a really good job with her kids, and that could have bothered the royal family. I mean, this is, she's raising these kids outside of, how, she, how, you know, Queen Elizabeth raised her kids and what she wanted to take over the, like, the ruling when she passed, so. Honestly, out of all the theories, that's probably the most believable one. Yeah, and we'll yeah. get it, we'll, we're gonna dive really, really deep into the theories here in a few minutes, uh, but we just wanted to kind of lay out who she was and what she stood for and, you know, some of the things she uh, did in, while she was alive. Um, I remember, like, so many people loved her. I just remember, like, even my mom loved her. It was just one of those things where it was like, she just, she was so genuine. And even um, if you heard her speaking in the opening clip, and we can post that on our Twitter or our Instagram later, she's just so humble and so easy to talk to. And she talked a lot about um, mental illness, which is another thing that like, embarrassed the royals. Um, she just, she definitely opened up about a lot of those things. She talks about cutting and some of those, like, darker sides of, um, like, depression. And so that was something that I think really didn't sit well with the royal family. Yeah. Like, she kind of marketed herself as a hot mess express. Even though she wasn't, she presented herself so well, but she had all of these very normal, very explainable ailments yeah wow um she also had earned herself the title of the people's princess so like i said she was just really lovable um and then she was also the most photographed woman in the world which that um will later play a part in her untimely death unfortunately depending on the theory you believe um we've got a few yeah and there's a lot of information we're gonna dive into um, I do want to start, though, before we dive right into that, I do want to play a clip of the Queen. Um, so we're about to dive into her last day. And this was the Queen's speech to the public. And she, the Queen addressed the nation on, about the death, but she was not somebody who addressed the public. She even now, I mean, she doesn't address the public. That's just not something she's known for. It's not like a president figure you don't yeah. it's you don't stand up and speak in front of people um you kind of have representatives that do that for you so it's just very different from like how we are run politically um i don't i mean i'm not super familiar with like the monarchy style of like ruling i just know that she doesn't address the nation and it was only i believe it's only the third time she had addressed the nation um she yeah she just never she didn't do it often she didn't really do public speaking right right and it was like a big deal when she finally did but huh. if you can um and again we can post the links to all of this after the show 
but I just want you guys to pay attention to how she says it. It's just very monotone. And, and keep in mind, like, the mother of her grandchildren has just passed. Her husband's ex-wife, this loving, caring woman has just passed. And the queen is just so monotone. And it could just, it could go back to, you know, she doesn't really know what to say or how to say because she's not a public speaker. Yeah. Um, but she's just very monotone about it, very dry and very, like, matter-of-fact, which I think... I just think that's kind of suspicious, but I will leave that up to you guys. First, I want to pay tribute to Diana myself. She was an exceptional and gifted human being. In good times and bad, she never lost her capacity to smile and laugh, nor to inspire others with her warmth and kindness. I admired and respected her for her energy and commitment to others and especially for her devotion to her two boys. This week at Balmoral, we have all been trying to help William and Harry come to terms with the devastating loss that they and the rest of us have suffered. No one who knew Diana will ever forget her. Millions of others who never met her, but felt they knew her, will remember her. I, for one, believe there are lessons to be drawn from her life and from the extraordinary and moving reaction to her death. I share in your determination to cherish her memory. Yeah, that's on stage. Yeah, it, so it definitely, like, <clears throat> it even looks like... <laughs> well, like, we, we all know that she's, like, reading from a screen, obviously, because, you know, that's how they started it. Yes. But... Like, it doesn't sound like something that she would have written because there's no emotion in it. I agree. So I, I just think it's very, like I said before, very matter of fact. Yeah. There's not a lot of emotion in it. And I'm not asking this woman to stand up and cry. Like, that's not what I want to see. I just want her to, I just want to feel for her. You know what I mean? And, and this is somebody in her life. This is somebody um, she has you know, probably spent a decent amount of time with. Mm -hmm. And like I said, has raised her grandchildren. So it's just very strange to me that she's like, I share in your, like, okay, no, you don't. <laughs> because the nation was just distraught over this. So you can't say you share in anybody's grief. And apparently they it. were more distraught than she was. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people were more distraught than she was. So, but let's just dive right in because there's a lot of information so buckle up yeah because it's pretty intense so um they were coming back from a night out uh it was her and her lover at the time and we should we should have probably introduced him before so his name was i, I think it's dodi that's how i was gonna pronounce it yeah dodi off al fayed fayed that's probably right actually um Dodi Al-Fayed, I actually today tried to find, like, Google pronunciation to help us so we didn't embarrass ourselves, but it's, they, everybody says it a different way, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> There's yeah. not, like, a right, there is a right way, but there wasn't one I could find. <laughs> um, but I believe I've heard it pronounced Dodi. So, he was, um, <laughs> he was a, I believe a Muslim playboy, um, and yeah, a Muslim playboy. And so that 
definitely did not sit well with um, the royal family. I mean, this man is coming in and could potentially be around the two like princes and stuff. So it was just not something that sat well with people. But either way, so it was Sunday, August 31st, 1997. And um, in retrospect, I mean, this is 20 years ago now, but it just doesn't feel like that long. Like, it doesn't feel like that long ago. But it is about 22 years, so, well, 21-ish. Um, so in the early hours, and early hours is written in, uh, I guess, general mountain time. So depending on where you were, it was the early hours. Um, reports began coming in that Diana, Princess of Wales, was injured in a car accident. Shortly after, there were updates that she had passed away. Also killed in the, car, in the crash were her then-lover, Dodi Al-Fayed, Al-Fayed um, and the driver, also Fayed's head of security, Henry Paul. Um, I do want to preface this going in that we mean no disrespect to the royal family or to Princess Diana. I mean, at the end of the day, two children still lost their mother, um, a father and mother lost their daughter, a father and mother lost their son. So two father and mothers lost their son. So I do just want to preface with that before we get any deeper into the conspiracy elements. But um, I've also seen, so his last name is Al-Fayed. It's hyphenated. I've seen it um, shortened. I've, I've, I've seen it left as Al-Fayed and shortened as Fayed. So we'll be referring to him um, as we move forward probably as Fayed. Um, and then Paul. So Henry Paul was the driver at the time, but also Fayed's head of security. Um, they were in a Mercedes S280. Um, apparently, the one, the car they were in was had been chased by a paparazzi on motorcycles. So going back to how she was the most photographed woman in the world, it's not a very um, uncommon thing common, that she would be yeah, chased by paparazzi, right? so and in a car and with her new lover and there were just a lot of elements that made the paparazzi story make sense paul had allegedly sped up to 75 miles per hour or 120 kilometers per hour and um so i got this from a uh, book about conspiracies this speed limit but i did see a new york times article that said that he was clocked at um, 90 miles per hour almost so it I mean, it's all hearsay. We don't really know if he was driving that fast. But if you see the vehicle, yeah, they definitely, they were driving fast. Um, but this is an estimate made by the French police. And so he was going into like a tunnel. <coughs> and it's the Pont, <laughs> bear with me, Pont de Elma? Elma? Pont de Elma. Elma. I am I'm not French, so I'm sorry in advance. Um, and he, I guess, had sped up to try and lose the paparazzi, or that's the thinking behind the story and saying that they, that he had sped up. But allegedly he clipped a white Fiat Uno and swerved into the 13th pillar of the tunnel under the Pont de Lama. <laughs> um, so was he trying to speed up and lose the paparazzi in the tunnel? I mean, nobody really talks about why he was going so fast. There was no need to go that fast. I don't think the speed limit was that fast. So 
it makes sense if he was trying to get away. I mean, motorcyclists are definitely going to be able to go faster than drive, like, car, automobile drivers. Yeah. So it makes sense if he was trying to lose the paparazzi or whoever were on these motorcycles at the time. But <laughs> the weird part is that the seatbelt, the security cameras and the lights in the tunnel oh. were turned off. Well, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. So, yeah. That's strange. Um, but none of the occupants in the car were wearing seatbelts either. So, which I just feel like, and bear with me, but if you are the prince, I mean, I guess you're not the princess anymore, but you're still a princess. Wouldn't you wear your seatbelt? I, I mean, I would. Just for like safety I wear my seatbelt. I know it's a very different time and a lot of people didn't wear their seatbelts. Seat when were seatbelts invented? A while ago. Oh. Yeah, they definitely had them. Maybe they just didn't like seatbelts. Yeah, which, fair. But still, I mean, they're not in a stretch limo. So, like, I just feel like they should, definitely should have had their seatbelts on. Yeah. I'll, I'll second that. <laughs> um, but it does begin... There are some really sketchy things um, about this night. So, um, the first is that when they went back to get CCTV footage, they found out that the security cameras and lights in the tunnel had been turned off just before the crash. Um, now, I couldn't find a just lot of- Just before. Yeah, just before. <laughs> just want to emphasize that. I couldn't find a lot of information on the lights being off, um, but there were a few different sources that kind of talked about the cameras and you know, why they were off or why there wasn't any footage. Um, originally in December of 2006, the Independent newspaper reported that there were at least 14 CCTV cameras at the Pont de Leoma, Leoma, I'm gonna be saying that wrong, <laughs> Leoma uh, tunnel, and yet none of them recorded footage of the fatal crash. Um, yeah, 14 is a lot. <laughs> so if there were 14 cameras, and nothing caught a car going 90 miles, 70 to 90 miles an hour, and like hitting another car and flying into a pole. You that is some one camera yeah. at least would catch a that. A tail right? end, a headlight, something. Um, but nothing. <laughs> yeah. So Faid's father, he is going to be a relevant role in this. So he was one of the spearheads in the conspiracy for this. So he is a firm believer that they were murdered and that there is no other story that that's just it. Um, so, and that is Mohammed Fayed, Fayed Al-Fayed. Um, so he brought up this lack of CCTV, CCTV footage also. Um, to counter this though, the Brigade Criminal Investigation noted that there were only 10 CCTV cameras along the route and they were all focused on buildings and their entrances and exits um, that were there. Yeah, so along the route, there was actually only 10 cameras. So we're not even talking about in the tunnel. Um, it sounds like the first report, the independent newspaper report, is saying that um, there is 14 in the tunnel. That's what I that's what I understood. Yeah, cameras in the Point de Alma tunnel. So but this is saying there were ten along the route they took, 
and they were all focused on buildings and their entrances and exits. Um, there was one camera inside the underpass and it was under the control of the Campaigne de Circulation Urbanis de Paris. That I butchered and I'm sorry. But it means Paris Urban Traffic Control Unit. The CCUP closed down at 11 p.m. and made no recordings after that time. So, okay. Why, but they never said why it closed down. Yeah, so there's Weird. one camera in this whole tunnel. And how long is this tunnel? I'm not really sure, but we, we can look it up really quick. Um, but so there, there's one camera in this whole tunnel, right? I find that very unbelievable. I do too, honestly. <laughs> um, but I, what I have a harder time believing is that out of this one camera shuts off. Um, Four, 468 feet. Where does it say that? Right there, totally. Oh, wow. So, there, <laughs> so there's one camera <laughs> for 468 feet. And it turns off <laughs> at 10 o'clock. <laughs> That's 11. It. 11. Oh, we got an extra hour. We got an extra hour. Just in case. Um, yeah, I'm just, I have a really hard time with a lot of that, <laughs> unfortunately. But, um, that's what the official report came forward and said. And so, then they had to take Diana to the ambulance. Well, so the ambulance actually came to them. Um, but yeah, so we have this one camera. We have no footage. Um, so the ambulance allegedly took 43 minutes to get Diana to the pit <laughs> Petit <laughs> Salpetrier Hospital. Um, so this was approximately, I Google mapped it today and it's approximately 27 minutes away from the crash site. So you're adding 20 minutes to your time frame here. And um, a lot of people said that this is why she died. So um, let's back up for a second because we jumped kind of right into some of the evidence or not so much evidence, I guess, because they only have one camera that turns off at 11, <laughs> but for 468 feet. Um, so, she was allegedly still alive when the ambulance got there. And, um, and talking. So the doctor, which we'll hear him in a little bit, and I have some notes about him too, but um, the doctor said that he was, she was speaking to him. So just imagine, like, you're alive and you know what's happening. Like, do you think she thought, like, they got me, you know? I mean, what if, if I, we haven't gotten into theories yeah. yet, so <laughs> if we're going with the theory that I believe, then yes, yeah. I, I truly believe she was probably like, dang, they got me. Yeah. yeah um, so there allegedly the ambulance took a 10 minute stop because the accompanying ambulance needed the accompanying ambulance. Good. The accompany, accompanying, that's a hard word doctor on the ambulance needed the ambulance stationary while he gave diana blood pressure medicine so still though that only puts us at about probably about 30 minutes so the doctor oh no because it, it is 30 minutes so that would i guess that would make sense if it does stop and they administer this medicine then fine yes maybe it did take 43 minutes 
Um, there was a news article that came forward shortly after this was released saying that no, it didn't take 43 minutes. That's absolutely ridiculous. Um, but I just want to point out too that there was a hospital closer, approximately 17 minutes. And I Google Maps these at like two, so I don't know what kind of I don't know I don't know what time it is at, there at 2 p.m. here. I don't know how much road construction. I mean, we have road construction all the time. Yeah. So, but I don't know how much road construction they've had. So now, it could have it could have been further away then mm -hmm. than it is now. You know what I Which mean? Which makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So, um. Yeah, so they're saying that they didn't go to the closest hospital because it the trauma cases were treated at the other hospital, which makes sense. When we have trauma patients here in Orlando, um, we go to the um, ORMC? ORMC, yeah, so Orlando Regional Medical Center. Um, that's where our trauma center is, so that's where allegedly we would go for like a major car crash like this and it's the one right down the street right from us now yeah. yes it is close it's like under hill right no that's its own house oh rmc's downtown oh okay Got we it. we're in a far area anyway um so we have yeah many, we have a lot of hospitals. we do have a lot of hospitals well we have a lot of hospital branches but yeah, yeah for something major like this keep in mind she's not only the princess, you know, there's this whole conspiracy behind her. The doctor even came forward at one point and was like, oh, I didn't know it was her. And they what? were like, really? Okay. Yeah, right. Whatever. Okay, yeah, you, you didn't know. Cool. Good story, bro. Um, so you have, and I just want to point out, too, that you have a lot of doctors in this element because you have the ambulance doctor. So they did send an ambulance doctor. Weird. There was a doctor who like was on site. I don't know if he got out of another car. I don't know if, and there's lots of interviews with him. Um, and we're gonna play a clip of one in just a moment. But um, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of doctors coming out right now. Um, and then um, even just like military personnel, they said the guy in the Fiat was like military personnel. And so everybody just kind of had a role, which was really bizarre. It wasn't like, you and I, if we were at a crash site, I mean, we're not doctors. We can call an ambulance, but I mean, we're not. I'm not, not gonna, a first responder. Right. I can't do anything. I'm not a military per personnel, so right. I'm not going to step in. It's just, it's very interesting um, <coughs> who was around. So, um, some other things about the night of the crash. Um, and w there's a lot more to this night. There's a lot more that happened, um, but it kind of goes hand in hand with some of our theories so I've moved some of the information to later in the show um sorry bear with us which I've said like six times tonight so my bad I will stop saying that um but yeah so then apparently her body was embalmed before a proper, a proper autopsy was taken which was huge for the for the nation because they were like oh okay so you haven't done this autopsy on her we have no information, but you're expecting us to believe that she was in this crash and she was alive when she left the crash, but now she is not alive. Um, the crash site was also cleaned and disinfected before a forensic examination was done. Huh. And the driver of the Fiat, this is my favorite part, the driver of the Fiat, Trevor Reese Jones, the only survivor of the crash, has no memory of it. He doesn't remember being part of the crash Didn't at all. Did he only get clipped? Yeah. But still, like, you would, it's not like he has a brain problem. Like, he just genuinely is like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, I wasn't there. And um, 
this is big because this could be that, you know, somebody came to him and was like, hey, don't talk about this ever. Like, we'll fix your car, whatever. Don't ever talk about this. We need to make this go away. And he could have genuinely been an innocent bystander, but he's got some conspiracies of his own coming up. Um, another big thing was the off-duty doctor that attended to Diana at the crash site. Um, he said she was still alive and able to speak to him. So she is alive and conscious and potentially dying at this moment and speaking to him. Um, his name was Frederick Mail. <laughs> Another French name. Melis. Melis. Yep. I think we're um, trying to pronounce too many letters. Yeah, there's a lot of extra L's and I's. Um, but his name was Frederick. He also has stated multiple times that she told him she was pregnant. And that is big, too, because that would embarrass the royal family if he, if she was pregnant with if he was correct and she was pregnant with a half Muslim child who would have been related to Prince William and Prince Harry this clean uh, to them clean yep. and you know pristine and just this bloodline that they were trying to protect yep and so we are going to dive head first into the theories in just a second um, but I do want you to hear a clip of the doctor talking I think that that's a really interesting uh, element. Sure. Do you talk to people in those circumstances, the, the victims? Of course, I'm talking. Someone behind me in a party probably told me that the victims were English, that I had to speak English to them. So I began to speak English, and, uh, and I said, uh, uh, I'm a doctor, and I called the ambulances. They're on the way. It shouldn't be too long. You know, I tried to comfort uh, her in her last moment. And the next day when I learned that she was dead, she died two hours later, I realized that I was um, the last, um, I mean, my words were probably the last word she could listen before she died. Wow. Um... So that's just a quick clip of the doctor who was in the area at the, at the time. And I just kind of wanted you to like, hear his side of things and I know that wasn't a super long clip but I just wanted you guys to kind of hear him and what he said happen um so we are gonna dive right in to the theories and there are some good ones um the first one do you want to talk about this one because this one is just this one is just really (laughs) silly and it's like (laughs) So, the first theory that we have is Diana was assassinated by angry international arms dealers. And the explanation (laughs) behind that is because, if you remember earlier in our show, we said that she was um, campaigning against the use of landmines. Um, So, the theory is the men on the motorcycles were hired assassins there to provoke the limousine driver to crash. But there isn't much evidence on this, obviously, because it's no. just ridiculous. It is. It's a ridiculous motive. They were definitely searching <laughs> for a motive. Yeah. Um, so she did have the high-profile campaign against the use of landmines. You know, she really wanted her, um, her children to be safe. But in her country, you know, she wanted them to stop using something that... And landmines, too, keep in mind, they, you know, they sit for a while and they can go off years later or something like that. So... Um, I just think that that one's really silly, but moving forward. Um, 
this one is kind of, this one's kind of a stretch too if we're being like super honest um but it is mentioned multiple times by multiple people so i felt it was important to mention um diana paid the price for dabbling in the dark arts now <laughs> i would like to say that um the dark arts they are referring to are <laughs> not harry potter <laughs> no and not not even like charmed um just spiritualist mediums and psychic sensitives plus new age healers so these are your psychics these are not witches these are not people although she was apparently linked to witchcraft but i don't know how true that is either there's not really any evidence on that um she did seek the counsel of spiritualist mediums and psychic sensitives. She was dependent on new age healers and psychics. So they say dependent. I don't know how dependent one is on a new age healer and psychic. She probably preferred a different form of medicine and a different form of healing. Maybe a more natural. Right. Yeah. I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. I don't that. think that's the dark arts. <laughs> Apparently um, it is. Well, who knew? Um, she had some bizarre paranoid fears, which I, I don't see, I don't know that she was scared of demons and witches. I think she was scared of what could have potentially been a very real threat to her, which is being assassinated by somebody. Yeah. Um, so they, I don't know that those are related to the dark arts, but it was linked together. So I wanted to mention it. Um, Simone Simmons, what a nice, easy to say name. Yeah. <laughs> um, which we're probably still butchering. Um, she was a new age therapist hired in 1993 to rid Kensington Palace of negative energy. So um, Simmons said that the princess had felt vulnerable and persecuted. I don't know who she felt vulnerable to. Um, if she came to rid Kensington Palace of negative energy, I don't know that it... I don't know that it was a real threat or a spiritual threat i'm not sure where they were going with that um this is just what uh, miss simmons has said and in um 1994 diana was convinced that the saudi royal family wanted to kill her so now she's um, so now she thought her fiance's family wanted i don't to kill think her. he's the saudi royals um her his dad owned he was a muslim playboy and his dad owned harrods which if you're not familiar with the uk um harrods is a huge department store and um so his dad owned that i don't know that they were royal he was gotcha. a millionaire but i don't know that they were royalty why would the saudi royal family want to kill him not sure okay, then. <laughs> um another time she believed the cia wanted to assassinate her which fair <laughs> <laughs> Um, she probably could feel just the negative energy, um, around her. Some theorists have also claimed that she was involved with the occult, witchcraft, astrology, magic, and commanding dark forces. Um, so was her death a curse or dark demonic force that backfired or lashed out at her? I don't think so. I think that... Really believe this theory either honestly i just i just have a hard time with it just sounded like you're right like she had a very um natural way of getting things done and they Na just I'm, had a yeah i believe that and i probably believe that she was maybe paranoid 
Yeah, I definitely believe she was paranoid. And let's get into why. So, um, Diana was assassinated by British royal intelligence on orders of the royals. So this is obviously the biggest theory. Um, this is what... In my opinion, the most believable. Yeah, it does have... It just has a lot of substance to it. So whether you believe that she was murdered or not, there's just a lot of substance. Um, so why? Why would they want to get rid of her? Um, well, they were embarrassed by the divorce. This is a royal family. This is not a family that divorces. This is not a family that... Um, has any kind of relationship turmoil like it's just not something that's publicized they make it work right usually right actually when i read that i never knew that they were divorced yeah officially yeah it was i think it was a shock to everybody and at this point now they have this royal family dirty laundry out in the open right so embarrassing i mean this, yeah. this family is just embarrassed um prince charles affairs were out in the open princess diana affairs were out in the open um even if they were only backlash i mean still there's this like affair on affair thing that's like out in the open and now she's got this new relationship with this muslim playboy um and so this royal family is just not (laughs) Not having it it. (laughs) they are not fans of how this is going um the princess is reported as leaving her son so this is where it starts to kind of take like a crazy turn the um, the princess was reported as leaving her sons, William and Harry, with their father, Prince Charles, and was seen and photographed on the Fayad, Fayed, I keep saying it wrong, <laughs> Fayed yacht in various states of undress. So again, you think Meghan Markle, you think, um, what is the other young woman's name? The princess? Kate. Yeah, Kate, Kate Middleton. Yeah. Even Queen Elizabeth, like, these are just not people who are dressed scandalously. These are not people who are dressed unwell. Um, So to see her kind of flaunting her stuff on this yacht with this playboy, um, I think that's so funny. But, yeah, so they were super upset. And such a scandal had made a mockery of the House of Windsor. So this was such a big deal. Um, It was around this time that Princess Diana began wearing what appeared to be an engagement ring from Dodie as well. So... Um, I've looked at pictures of this, though, and the, um, the ring appears to be on her right hand, which would not be an engagement ring. It is in South America, I think. So, yeah, and I don't know his but culture. I don't... Th- I can't say. But I'm pretty sure in South America they usually wear it on their right. Yeah. So, which, fun fact, you wear it on your left finger because it is <laughs> yeah. directly connected to your heart, which yep. is super sweet. I just found that out. <laughs> um... But, so, it's, there's this whole mockery of the House of Windsor now. So, who are these people marrying? Who are they bringing in? And Everybody's disregarding... doesn't want anybody to marry anyone. Yeah, this pretty much. But disregarding the fact that, um, you know, she's done all this good for people, there was still this really negative, um, dark cloud hanging over her. Um, Prince Philip, the Queen's husband, was public oh. about his dislike of Dodi al-Fayed, and his concern for him became became um kind of out in the open and he started calling him names he was quoted as calling him an oily bed hopper which um, i've never heard before i've never heard that either but is that supposed to be a muslim it might be like insult? a muslim yeah well, that's rude yeah um but he also showed a lot of concern for him potentially <laughs> becoming william and harry's stepfather um there was also cons- the blood tainting quote-unquote right yeah. which we're going to talk about the blood in a few minutes but um 
there was also concern from the royal family that Diana would eventually marry him and have a child with him. Um, that would be a step-sibling of William and Harry, going back to the bloodline. More of the blood taking. Yeah. <laughs> um, on August 31st, 1997, the day of the fatal accident, the Sunday Mirror, a newspaper um, in the UK, quoted a friend of the royal family as saying, Prince Philip has let it rip several times frequently about the Fayids at a dinner party during a country shoot and while on a visit to close friends in Germany. He's been banging on about his contempt for Dodie. Diana has been told in no uncertain terms about the consequences should she continue the relationship with that Fayid boy. With the Fayid boy, sorry, it's quoted, so I want to make sure I got that right. Um, one of the consequences was possible exile or social ostracism from the... Uh, from being an associate of the royal family. In 2003, Diana's former butler wrote a novel called Royal Duty, claiming that Diana told him personally that 10 months before her death, um, she had written a note claiming XXXX. So it's the name isn't released. I don't know if the name is on the note, but any source I found, it was like blurred out, is planning an accident in my care brake failure, and serious head injury in order to make the path clear for Charles to marry. Ah. Yeah. So, again, going back to That's this before they were kind divorced. of belief system. Uh, no, they're divorced by this time um, because they had gotten divorced. Well, if they're divorced, why is he not clear to marry? I think it's an embarrassment thing. Because they, yeah, they were divorced in 1996. So, ten months before her death could it would have been late 96, but it would have been after the, the divorce was finalized. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so, just lost my place now. Um, she also told her yes. voice coach, Peter Settlin. Yeah, we're going to butcher so. names again. Yeah, we're butchering um, them all today. <laughs> Sorry to all of our UK friends. <laughs> that she thought that her former lover, bodyguard, Barry Manakey, had been murdered in a fake motorcycle crash. Yeah, so again, huh. another staged crash where somebody had been murdered. Is that the guy she cheated on? I her, think that's the with? cheating guy. Yeah, so the okay. affair man. Because right. she got back at her husband and all wow, this there's stuff. so many men in the story. There are a lot of people <laughs> with names that we have butchered completely. <laughs> so I apologize now. Oh, all right. So then uh, when she was threatened about being ostracized and no longer had to deal with the royals, that she made it clear that she would be delighted, but she had serious concerns over her safety. I mean, yeah. I would too. So she was definitely like, okay, ostracize me. What? I don't want to be part of the royal family. But then she became, yeah, very concerned. Yeah. Um, rumors then began to circulate that she was pregnant with Dodie's child, and that so the dad kind of started this rumor, the dad of Dodie, um, Hamid, and then again it was like kind of hit the nail on the head with the doctor. Oh God. Yeah. So, um, which again made everybody really angry because this would have been a step-sibling to William and Harry. Right. Um, and a half-Muslim son who was a brother to William and Harry. And fun fact that I learned um, while researching this case that third, he would have become third in line to the throne. So there Wait, would have... how is that? It just, I think I just the way of like, I, again, I'm not... Um, like so then that just makes it more believable. Yeah, I mean, they definitely wanted to make sure that wasn't going to happen. Because I don't know how the monarchy kind of breaks down, but I like there is still like a relation to her. Um, but yeah, so 
again, one of the biggest um, believable stories there. Um, so this would also leave um, Charles with full control over their sons. So no more McDonald's trips, boys. Sorry. <laughs> um, there was an M16 Secret Service Intelligence agent, Richard Tomlinson. I, I think it was a. You're right. You're correct. It is I've watched I. a lot of movies. They always yeah. say MI6. <laughs> um, Richard Tomlinson that came forward stating that the MI6 was working in an assassination plot around the time of Diana's death, and it would include a car crash in a tunnel, but it was for the Serbian president, not the Princess of Wales. The oh, operation. So they got the wrong. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the Operation Paget Inquiry was given access to look into this claim, and there was a hit on a Serbian leader, but it, since the assassinations were against British government policy, the plan's author was disciplined. Um, there was also speculation that Henry Paul was working with the CIA MI6 and was the driver intentionally um, to bring Diana to this kill zone. During the investigation done by the French forensics, there was no significant mechanical faults in the Mercedes S280, ruling out that it was an internal failure. Huh. Um, so I would say that this kind of piggybacks off of the last theory um, but the last theory is that Diana was killed because she was offended by powerful secret society. Uh, she had offended a powerful secret society. I think that powerful secret society was probably the royal family. Okay. Um, I was about to say. <laughs> so this is very similar. It just goes back to there are powerful men in Great Britain, European nations, and the U.S. And they believe some people believe the royal family has a direct bloodline to the throne of David, House of Jacob, and even Jesus himself. So this is a pure bloodline that they will not taint. Um, bloodlines are really interesting. Let us know if you guys want to uh, hear a show on that because we could definitely dive into kind of how those work. And I, it would really blow your mind, like, who's related to who. And it definitely blew mine. Um, the Secret Society did not approve of the public and private actions of the princess as she was embarrassing the royal family. In 2009, CBS News 48 Hours, Aaron Moriarty interviewed Argentinian businessman and friend of the princess, Roberto Deverick who stated that she often spoke about her concerns of the murderous plots and that, that were being formulated against her and that she feared she would be blown up in a car or helicopter. So that's pretty Ooh. interesting that she definitely thought um, that that could happen to her. Um, there was also a CBS program, Diana's Secret Documents Revealed, which was released and made public for the first time and had a 4,000-page document that was produced by a French government that quote-unquote proved that the fatal crash was an accident. Um, this is similar to what we saw with the moon landing, where they released these files that kind of backfired and just kind of stirred up the controversy even more. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you love when they do that? Yeah. Um, and I'm going to read a bit of that after she finishes. Oh, okay. Um, and was not the fault of the paparazzi, foreign agents, or British intelligence agents, but was the fault of Henry Paul, the driver, who was under the influence of <laughs> no, now we have prescription drugs. Oh yeah, and prescription alcohol drugs at the and time alcohol. of the crash. Uh, well, I probably believe the alcohol part because you know you're hanging out with your boss yeah. and his girl. I mean, maybe you had a drink or two, but they are saying he was um, twice the speed limit. And when he clipped the Fiat Uno and that he was three times the legal drinking, drinking limit of alcohol. Um, forensic tests of Paul's body tested three times the legal drinking limit. And forensic tests of Diana's body tested negative for pregnance. Oh, how can, how can they say that when it was embalmed before they did tests? Well, the forensic test they did do that embalmed her. 
Um, this is a bunch of hoopla. Muhammad Afai. Afai. Hoopla! Just want references. You're welcome. Um, oh. Owner of the Harrods British department store, like we said earlier, um, was certain the crash was not an accident and continues to insist the British intelligence of a military group carried out the assassination, the assassination and that Paul was not guilty. He also continues to insist Diana was pregnant. Um, in 2004... I think she was pregnant. I think she was, too. I think that's why they did it. In 2004, a UK poll was... Um, a British public was... A UK poll was... Of the British public still believe yeah. that Diana was murdered. Correct. And there was a CBS poll... In 2009. Um, that 76% of the people surveyed believed we will never know the complete truth about... Well, duh. We're, yeah. <laughs> we're never going to know. About what happened Absolutely to Diana not. and Dodie. Um, I do want to really quick read an excerpt, a couple excerpts from those papers. So there's this 4,000-page document that's released. That's what they said, right? 4,000 pages? Yes. Yeah. And it's supposed <coughs> to kind of close the book, per se. Um, so under opportunity and capability, they the French um, police wrote, To stage an accident in order to murder the occupants of the car would, in my opinion, require careful, meticulous, and coordinated planning. Duh. The team carried out a detailed and thorough investigation of the events leading up to the collision. From the very first beginnings of the relationship between the Princess of Wales and Mr. Dodi Al-Fayed in St. Tropez in July 1997 to the particular sequence of events which took place a few weeks later in Paris on the evening of the 30th August 1997, the paparazzi were intent on following their every move from the moment they knew of the relationship and were aware of their plans to travel to Paris on Saturday. 30th of August, 1997. Having been informed by contacts, they were waiting for them at the airport and followed them to the Ritz Hotel. So they're just kind of saying, it was definitely paparazzi. Um, this gentleman had been drinking. It wasn't the fault of the paparazzi, though, because um, they later said, so under after the accident, and now these are just excerpts from this. Like, I only even have about... 10 or 15 pages of 4,000, um, but it is all public, so you can read it online if you want. Um, but they said, after the accident, we are convinced that French authorities took all reasonable steps to save the lives of those involved oh, in the accident. Awesome. We have seen the surgeons and medical staff who worked so hard that night to try and save the lives of those involved in the crash. I believe they did everything humanly possible to do that. Much has been said about the embalming of the body of the princess of wales and that is formed some part of the conspiracy we have found the explanation for this and understand why it was done again the details are in the report so they again are saying that oh yeah sure she was embalmed but she was supposed to be um part of their conclusion reads i have no doubt that speculation as to what happened that night will continue and that there are some matters as in many other investigations about which we may never find a definitive answer however i do not believe that any evidence currently exists that can substantiate the allegation of conspiracy to murder that has been made. Various legal cases are currently being pursued by Mr. Al-Fayed, uh, that's Mohammed, his father, um, through the French courts. They are unlikely, in my opinion, to have any bearing on my conclusion that there was no conspiracy or cover-up. So, again, the fact that they threw around words like conspiracy and this and that, I think they definitely, they didn't help themselves. No, they didn't. Um, but what do you think? I, I think <laughs> that the royal family might have had to kill. Yeah. But I, I don't think all were involved. No, I think that there's, there's, I think she was pregnant and I think there is something there. Yeah. Some, one of the greater powers over there was like, absolutely not. 
not Prince yeah. William and Prince Harry's brother. Oh, no. Um, but what do you guys think? We want to know. Um, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram, Instagram at Conspiracy Corner VC. Um, but we're going to close with our prophecy today, and we have a new source for you. Daniel 7.23 from the Bible. Yeah, um, so this is a prophecy about the potential new world order, which I thought was really fitting for this because they got rid of a woman who was potentially carrying a Muslim baby who would have been related to the royal, royal family. family. Yeah. Um, and it reads this. Thus he said, as for the fourth beast, there shall be a fourth kingdom on earth, which shall be different from all the kingdoms, and it shall devour the whole earth and trample it down and break it to pieces. So we are going to leave you with that today. Thank you for listening. Uh, catch us on social media. And I we'll hope you like this new conspiracy. Um, the rest of the month is going to be about famous people. so And their mysterious deaths. Yeah, or disappearances. Or disappearances. All right. So we will see you next Monday at 4.55. Bye. Bye.